Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of Blue Bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. Welcome to episode 47 of the Blue Bloods Podcast. Let's go be homes. What yeah. episodes, man. That's a that's a lot of episodes, man. A lot of episodes. Like when bro. you really think about it, that's we've put in a full works week, <laughs> work I mean, week full of hours. Full of time. Yeah. Well, and then you you throw in that's a month's worth when you throw in the editing we've done and the cutting for different things, and we're we're still here. Um, we're still here. I'm trying to think if we do Bowl Mania next week, you know, we might hit 50 right there. At the playoff. At the, at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. At the playoff. Um, that'd be interesting. So, Well, hey, if anybody there. wants to sponsor the podcast, just know we're still open for sponsorships. You know, I saw this thing yeah. Gary Vee did like 200 episodes of like Wine Library before anybody ever like sponsored him. He just kept putting out con- – that guy's like my idol when it comes to content. He's like, just keep doing it, man. Just, yeah. just stay consistent. <laughs> like, eventually, you stumble into something you really love, or somebody comes knocking on your door, and there yeah. it is. I just, I like him because too, he's very, um, like, no matter what age you are, he's just like, bro, you got time. You've, <laughs> Are you kidding me? You you're, got time. You're 47. Oh, oh, I, I would, I, I would kill to be 47 again. I mean, he's like, and then he just like so empowers people. So he does. Yeah. You know, um, I learned that lesson from him about time. Uh, you know, who else said that to while well, I was in a room, not just directly to me. Um, but Bishop Jakes, ah, bro, like he broke this thing down one time. Like I think I was, it was like 2018, 2019. Anyways, I was with somebody I worked with and got mm-hmm. the privilege of being in the room. And um, he was just like talking to us and he was like, you know, how old are you? And, and we were like, oh, I'm 30. He's like, oh, so much time, like so much time. He was like, you know, he goes, break your life into uh what did he say? From 20, if you break your life into like thirds or four, mm-hmm. if you break it into quarters, he's like, think about how much time you really have like a lifetime in each quarter. He's mm-hmm. like, so say you live to a hundred, your first 25, He's like, but then you're like second quarter is like 25 to 50. He's mm. like, that's a lot of time. That's a lifetime. Yeah. Then he's like, break your third quarter into 50 to 75. That's a lot of life. Then he's like, from 75 to 100. I was like, wow, I've just never thought about it that way. That is, yeah, yeah time, man. It, you got more time than you think you do. You definitely do. It's funny we're even talking about this because last night, and I don't typically nowadays – post things i don't know like you know me i'm just not a big just like 
poster like that. I mean, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, literally, if you scroll my Twitter, it's just constant knee jerk reactions while I'm watching a game. Like yep. that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. You know what I mean? Um, it could be a random and most of the time someone who's just blindly scrolling, they may have no idea what I'm talking about because right, I don't right. give any context. I just tweet like my my feel towards right. <laughs> um, but then every now and then you'll catch a diamond in the rough where I'll like, if I read a particular scripture one morning or something from a devotional stood out to me, I'll, I'll kind of put that out there. Yeah. And for whatever reason, last night I wrote, uh, I put on my Facebook and then I put a, a variation of the same thing on Twitter. I just said, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to finish. It's never too late. And I don't know why that was like resonating with me because usually mm-hmm. you put something like that's like oh must have saw something must have heard something it was like yeah. no literally last night i was just sitting there um i don't know man life is just getting you know i mean this is a totally different conversation but when you enter this realm of like life becomes this blank canvas and you're just l- like literally living step by step of mm-hmm. of, of faith one yep. after another it kind of opens your eyes to a lot of things. But one of the things I think that was just deeply resonating with me is like, man, it really is never too late, you know, until as they say, until it's too late. Right. But until that day comes, man, like it's, it's really not, you could, if you've started something that you never finished, it's not too late to finish it. If you haven't started something that's like burning inside you to start, it's never too late to start. I mean, I guess I look at where here we are, episode 47, but dude, it, like it started with like a little text, a couple texts. Yeah, and then, it. then it was kind of like, you were actually going to, I don't know if you remember this. You were going to fly yeah, to Texas and I got, COVID. and we were going to like, you know, brainstorm and map out this whole thing and then record the first episode at my house. Mm-hmm. Then you got COVID like right before you were set to fly in. Yep. And it was like week zero was approaching. And, and, and so it was like, okay, uh, well, keep me posted, get yourself yeah. better. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm good. And you're like, Hey, there's this software. Cause if you remember, we actually recorded our first episode on Google meets. We did. This is exclusive behind the scenes. That right is now. To people, I we did that. To people yeah. who listen. So, so, and I'm only sharing this for whatever reason, because Maybe there's someone listening right now who (laughs) you're wrestling with something, not necessarily a podcast, but something that you're like, man, I need to go do this. And you keep putting it off. I don't have this or I don't have that. Dude, we got Google Meets. I got a free subscription. I got a free trial (laughs) to Google Meets. And we recorded our first episode. And the the audio was horrible. It was bad. Like it was awful. It sounded like we were like, it sounded as if we were talking to each other on a phone. And I put it in Pro Tools, and I was trying to fix the, and the, uh, uh, I was trying to fix the audio, and and you were like, you, I remember because you were the one who was like, dude, we've got to get our stuff on YouTube, we've got to get our stuff on YouTube, yep. and uh, uh, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't record on Google Meets because I was using a free trial, and so you found this program that we're using now, and uh, I'm not gonna say their name until they start paying us, and right. no free shout outs. <laughs> um, and, and especially since they just charged the annual subscription and I, I didn't re- realize that was getting pulled. And I was like, Ooh, man, that kind of stung. I think last year I got like a black Friday sale because if you remember from September to, to like this, like the end of November, we pretty much used some, like a different email address. Yeah, we did, we did to keep getting free subscriptions. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're wondering why our episodes are so much longer this, this season, it's because last year 
we only had an hour per That's episode. It. That's like, it. Otherwise, it would cut off on us because we were using free trials uh, <laughs> week to week under a different email. And then finally, um, in fact, it was a blessing. Your wife, it, right? No, it was uh, uh, my mom. Oh, yeah. Was okay. finally like my mom was was who who I don't know if she's listening to this episode, but at one point she was a listener and uh, she asked, is there anything I can get you for your podcast for Christmas? And I said, yeah, yes. actually, <laughs> <laughs> I said, if you want to get an annual subscription to this software we use. And so now we've got like total freedom to if we want to go hour and a half, which has kind of been our average. this Yeah, Holmes. it is. I'll put that out there. Hey, if anybody wants to bless us for Christmas with another <laughs> yearly subscription, we're surely we will we will take that. Um, yeah, man, I forgot we did. I forgot we did the Google Meets. I forgot even well, and it makes sense, man, because I was in marketing at the time. Man, this year has since the first episode, a lot has changed. Bro, like I still lot. lived in Philly. I wasn't married. I wasn't a dad. I was working in marketing and branding. Now I live in Florida. I'm married. I'm a dad. I'm being a I'm a youth pastor. Man, what a what a, a lot can happen in 47 episodes. We'll oh say Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's why we say it's never too late. It's never too late. Anyways, well, man, it's been crazy. Um, speaking of changing and it's never too late or things happening, how they happen, the coaching carousel has been <laughs> insane. And I think, man, we got to start this episode. I've been kind of chomping at the bit just waiting Talking about probably the biggest uproar out of all coaching carousel hires, and that's Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those, I mean, by this time, if you're an avid sports, if you're just a just an average fan, yeah. you know what's happening. He's left Jackson State, which is an HBCU, um, and has taken a job at the University of Colorado at Boulder, um, which is a Power Five job. And there's been um, there's been some fanfare behind it. There's been a lot of people that have supported it. Um, but there's been a lot of people who have had a lot to say yeah. about this 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 pivot in his Bro, career. And so before you dive into where you're about to go, just to speak to that real quick. I mean, it's been a lot of people. It's been a lot. Of I, people. I've seen pastors. I've seen yep. business leaders. Yep. I've seen someone you uh, uh, mm-hmm. were once were once uh, connected, uh, to. Uh, connected to pretty, pretty closely um, chiming in on this. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely made some waves even outside of the sports space yeah and i think it's i mean it's prime and everything that he did i mean it was a big deal when he got hired by jackson state we covered Mm -hmm. it we talked about it um and it was really exciting and this you know i've been very i put a lot of thought before i was going to say my piece on it um Mm -hmm. i didn't want to shoot off have a knee-jerk reaction on twitter or on facebook or Mm -hmm. instagram which i feel like we have pretty decent followings and we probably could have did a separate video on YouTube and got a bunch of hits, but yeah. I'm kind of glad we just kind of waited on it. And um, this is just kind of how I I I I feel about it, man. Like I think somebody I I think the person I was connected to said this way, like um, or Prime said it. He said calling um, is isn't about Prime did say this. He said Prime's he said calling isn't about a location; it's about a destination. And when he said that, that just like, I mean, that was a bar, but I I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And, and here's just a couple of notes I said. I, one thing I said, I said, can't be two-sided in our arguments. We can't. Here's my big thing, because a lot of people are saying he sold out. Um, I'm just going to say it's our podcast. Some people call him Uncle Sam. 
Some people are just saying like, oh, you know, he used the HBCU and the black people as an opportunity to take the step up. Um, my first thing about this is like one thing in the African-American community, and I'm just, you know, I'm just going to pre- speak frank. If you didn't know, I'm an African-American male. <laughs> um, is, man, there's like a lot of onus put on African-Americans getting opportunities. Um, there's a big fight for that. There's a big uh, fight for equal rights. Um, hence, that's why... Um, What's that law that's in place? Oh, man, I'm blanking. I should have wrote it down. Um, affirmative action. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when that thing was placed in Michigan. I was, like, in middle school. The University mm-hmm. of Michigan actually had to apply, like, had to relegate themselves to affirmative action, which just allows there has to be a certain amount of minority candidates you have to take right. into the right. into your university. Um, so we've placed all these laws and things in place, and as African-Americans, we really believe. The Rooney like, rule in the, the NFL. The Rooney rule in the NFL. Um, we've always fought for opportunities, not like, I mean, there's this comedian that was said, like, I don't, we don't care about civil rights. We just want equal rights. Right. Um, and I'm just saying as African-American male, that's my biggest thing. Like, whatever, you don't have to like me. Just give me an even playing field. Like, that's all mm-hmm. I care for. Give mm-hmm. me an even playing field. Let me, let me play with the big boys evenly. And then let's see who comes out on top. If I lose, I lose, but give me an equal shot. And I think, you know, the outrage about Prime on this, I'm going, this is huge. Like, this is huge that he got a power five offer. First off, he's the first coach ever that got from an HBCU head coach to a power five head coach. Like, that just doesn't happen. Also, this is why I want the people to think about this. Kudos to the University of Colorado. They're the only FBS program, only that's had more than one black head coach. They've had four. <laughs> like they've had yeah. four. So Three this isn't consecutively. I know that. This isn't a this isn't to, I mean, yes, is it part of a marketing scheme? I'm sure everything's marketing these days. I just came mm. out of that world. But you can't take it away that saying this isn't them just saying, let's prop up the hot name. This is something though that Board of Regents, that athletic department has seemed to have a focus on when they've given opportunities to people of color and mm. especially the people that look like me. So as one said, was one thing. Um, I feel like Prime did his job at Jackson State. Yeah, My parents used to say it like this. Wherever you go, make it better so when you leave, it's better than how you received it. Mm. He did that at Jackson State. Now, I can't get into the politics because I'm not there on the ground, mm-hmm. but there's this there's this, and I didn't go to HBCU, but my mother did. So I've even asked her opinion on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this, here's some truth from just friends I know that went to HBCUs. I didn't go to one. I went to a PWI. Um, there's always, like, some disorganization that kind of happens there, whether it's misusage of funds or things don't happen as fast. Like, there's always some, and not saying PWIs and not have it, but HBCUs have notoriously been known for some of these things. And maybe some of that happened behind the scenes. But then I'll say this and then I'll let you go. I think, man, you cannot be mad at him for one, taking an opportunity because nobody that listens to this podcast, nobody would say no to a better opportunity. And it's not because it's a PWI versus HBCU. It's when it comes to football, which is his job as a football coach, it's a better opportunity, more funding, more boosters, better facilities bigger contract like it's better like no one would say no to a promotion and has nothing to do with like a hbcu being lesser 
academically, they are on par with everybody. Some of them are some of the best universities in the country. But athletically, and this man is a football coach, it's not the same, Trey. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not the same. And I can't be mad about a man taking an opportunity to better himself and to further himself in the coaching ranks, which I know, which he's been open about this. A lot of his own money went into Jackson State. A lot of his connections oh, yeah. went into Jackson State. The dude was working with a small budget to make sure his coaches could get paid and his kids could get the best of the best. And that was all because of Prime's relationship and who Prime is. I can't be mad for the guy to say, hey, I'm going to take my shot elsewhere. And this is my last thing on it. The dude created the blueprint, man. Now, people can say, oh, he used HBCUs as leverage. Fine. What if he did? Somebody gave him a That's Listen, bro, we say this as we come into the business world. All we're looking for is a shot. Now, everyone has the goal of where they want to reach their pinnacle, what they want to touch, whatever that you, not every, Mm -hmm. most people have goals. This is where I want to be. At the end of the day, this is where I want to be. You got to start somewhere. Mm. You have to start. Listen, I, all I want to do at one point in my life was work for a church and be a pastor. Mm -hmm. I started as the janitor. I just need to get my foot in the door. I had to get my foot in the door. I I can't be mad at prime. For saying, since nobody else wants to give me a shot. Because let's remember, he applied for Power 5 jobs. He put his name in the hat for Power Dude, 5 he jobs. he interviewed at Arkansas. He, like, he interviewed and nobody. In Texas. I'm yeah. telling you, people are probably like, eh, he's never coached college football before. Right. So what did he do? He went somewhere that allowed him to come in, and he did it. He did what he was supposed to do, and when the opportunity came, he took it. And I can't blame a man for wanting to reach the the biggest and best platform. Anybody that's a competitor at the level prime is just it's human nature. What do we all want, Trey? We want to know, can we cut it with the big boys? It's a thing. It's I want to know if I can hang with the best. I want to be said I am the best of the best. And where else can you do that outside of power five football and a major college football conference mm-hmm. as a football coach? You got to do it in the po- That's the only way you kind of get your name solidified amongst the legends and people giving you, I mean, people can say, oh, yeah, he can win HBCU. That's easy. Oh, he can win FCS. Sure. But it's like why a lot of college coaches go to the NFL. It's why Jim Harbaugh flirted with going back to Minnesota. What did he say? Yeah. I want to win a Super To him, that is mm-hmm. that was his goal. I mm-hmm. want to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, for Prime as a college football coach, probably says, I want to go win a Natty. Because he couldn't play for the playoffs at Jackson State. He had to go to Celebration Bowl. So he didn't get a shot at the FCS Natty. I want to win a Natty. I want to do it. And it just opens doors, man. I think it opens doors. And it makes institutions a little bit more comfortable for hiring people that look like us. Um, And I think that is probably, I think making Jackson was part of the call. But also opening the door was part of the call. Now it probably relieves some of the hesitation like, from another coach that say Eddie George does well at Tennessee State. Right. Maybe another program gives him a shot at the power, at least the group right. of five level. Maybe. Right. Like, he's he's done so much, and I just feel bad that he's getting kind of scapegoated for this. Um, when, for me, I fully understand it, and I fully support it. And, man, I, and I hope he crushes it at Colorado. Yeah, so I'm going to speak to two sides of it. I'm going to speak to the backlash, and I'm going to speak to the opening of the doors like moving forward. The backlash piece. Um, um, who was it? 
I just saw somebody recently bring this up, and this was the first person I actually really saw bring this up when giving their take on them leaving. Because who was it? I don't remember who it was. I'd give them credit right now, just mm-hmm. just, but I can't remember who it was. It's a, it's a pretty popular sports personality too. Um, and what he was saying is that first off, he goes, "I don't blame him. I would have done the same thing." Mm-hmm. He said, "But what I understand are the people who are frustrated because his exact words were, "God called me to HBCUs to level the playing field." Mm-hmm. Now, one of the arguments could be. Did he not do that in the time he was there? Mm-hmm. But then the other argument is, is now that he's leaving and what a lot, like why people are mad is not that he's leaving. People feel like he's leaving prematurely. People mm-hmm. feel like he's leaving before he fully finished what he said, his words, not theirs. God told him to do. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now it's, well, God's and, and and I agree with this statement that prime said in his press conference where he was like, y'all don't know how God speaks to me. Only, mm-hmm. only I know how God speaks to me. So now whether that's just saving face or whether that's genuine, that's not for you or I to judge. Mm-hmm. But I guess what the point the guy was making is it's like, look, I don't have a problem with him leaving. I don't have a problem with him doing any of this. He says, but I also don't have a problem with people who are upset. Like he wasn't taking a side. He was just mm-hmm. kind of saying, um, you know, when you build this platform on God's called me here to level this playing field. Now, don't get it twisted. He put his money where his mouth is. I mean, mm-hmm. he was paying salaries out of his own pocket. He was building facilities out of his own pocket. Like, you can't say he wasn't 100% committed and all in during the three years that he was at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another thing that's happening that, I, uh, to your point about why we've kind of waited before we started talking, is there are some reports, whether they are valid or not. And I don't mm-hmm. want to, like, rabbit trail into them because right now it's kind of like message board stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. like anything that has, has any like substance yet, but there's things coming out right now that, that there were some things happening behind the scenes that, that, that were really making things difficult on Dion and the football program. Yep. Um, As far as, and just to throw some things that have been thrown out there as it pertains to like money and money that the football program brought in. I mean, I sent you that that deal uh, mm. yesterday. In fact, I saw uh, Dwayne Autry posted a guy we've had as a guest yeah. on our podcast. Uh, he's kind of like a legend in the arena football world. In fact, uh, to follow up on that, I don't know who all who's listening right now listened to that episode. It was almost a year ago when we when we dropped mm-hmm. that one. But he actually won. They won the. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they won the championship. I think we may have even talked about that. But then what was crazy is. He finished the season in that league, and then he went and got picked up by a team in yep. San Diego in a different arena league, and I think they won a championship. Dude's so it was like he won life. two championships in like, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, but I originally saw him reposted it, and and I thought, huh. But I was texting you, if you watch Prime's final like speech mm-hmm. to his team, and I also thought what was interesting is they, they released part two yesterday. Yeah, t- yeah I saw that. And, and and you see that there was nothing but um, like great, like sort of conversations and yeah. things that the kids were saying. Yeah. Um, but that first part, I, I was texting you. I said, man, he's he it's almost like he caught himself is mm-hmm. what I felt like. This is just my own personal opinion, observing his 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 uh, uh, address to the team. 
he started to go down this trail because he looked at his AD and he said, y'all have no idea what we're up against and what we've fought to bring what we brought to you. He said, and it's not that I'm, I'm going to get tired of fighting against. And then he went, I'm never going to get tired of fighting. And it was almost so like the way he, he pivoted mm-hmm. there. It's like he stopped himself from revealing some things that he mm-hmm. realized I, maybe I don't need to reveal. Now, I might have misread that, but that was my immediate thought when I first saw it on Saturday night or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. And then early this week, things start kind of surfacing that, hey, maybe there's been some mismanagement of funds. Maybe there hasn't been as much support. There was even the guy uh, who I think has been their, one of their videographers if mm-hmm. I even said that word right, for the team, came out. And remember, I, uh, you, you said it to me, mm-hmm. I think, um, talking about there really hasn't been much of a, a a push to keep him. Like, he was kind of implying that Dion was being taken for granted. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and say any of that stuff is truth and is fact because we don't know, but those are some of the things that are starting to kind of leak out that I'm curious to see what happens as as time moves on. So, Anyways, that's kind of what I wanted to say on the backlash. And then on the opening door side of it. And this is quick. I know that was kind of a lot. But John Thompson, okay, former Georgetown basketball coach. The GOAT. First African-American to win a national championship in college basketball. I believe since he won, there. I know for sure there was Nolan Richardson, Kevin Ollie, um, and there might might be some more I've, I've left out. But here's what I want to say is, talked about opening doors. So he won that in the mid-80s at some mm-hmm. point. And he was asked, how does it feel to be the first African-American to win a national championship? He said, I'm only the first because I was, a, I was, I was the first to be given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And people took that the wrong way, you know, like, like it's funny because back in the eighties and nineties, the tone John Thompson had like in today's world would be like totally embraced. But sure. like, then he was like put in this box that, Oh, he's angry. He hates people, you know, da, 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 da. But you know, if you read his book and you get a perspective behind his approach, it'll, you won't just see him as like this angry racist man. Right. Yeah. You, right. you really see like, Oh no, there was a, there was a purpose behind, but I thought this was interesting. I did a little research last year in the NCAA tournament, March madness, which my favorite time of the year, nearly half of the head coaches in the sweet 16 were black. Yeah. That was built on the fact that, that right there yep. is possible because of what John Thompson did in the mid eighties. And so to your point, what Deion Sanders now has the opportunity to do on the football side, Mm -hmm. especially with an expanded playoffs, who's to say that as we move forward into the future, we get to a place where, okay, we got 12 teams in the playoff. Okay. We've got a diverse amount of head coaches, not, not because they're, you know, black or Brown or this or that. No, 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 no. Because, the opportunities are, yep. are, are distributed equally. Because don't get me wrong. If someone can't win, no, you don't keep them around right. because, you know what I mean? You want to get the diversity that, quota. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, but what I'm saying is, is but if you, if you spread the net wide enough and make sure everyone's getting an opportunity and don't have these preconceived notions of, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll be a great recruiter or he'll be a great right. this coach or he'll be a great. No, no, no. 
He could be a great head coach. Right. And, 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 and we could see a similar shift in, in football, like what's begun to happen in college basketball, at least as it pertains uh, to, to, to getting, you know, a head coaching job. I mean, right yeah. now the number one team in the basketball country is Houston and that's Calvin Sampson. Yep. Um, and I'd, I'd have to look at like the, the top rankings and really see, but, and it may not be right now. I don't know. I, I haven't even, I couldn't even tell you um, who, who the top 10 or top 25 is. I know Arkansas is ranked nine and they, they, they got a scare last night, but um, I think that's the, the kind of impact that Deion Sanders has the potential to have. Uh, on college football at large, yeah. not just Colorado, but I'm saying like college football at large, the landscape um, of it is, is very similar to what John Thompson was able to do uh, at Georgetown. So yeah, I agree, and I think it just has to be. And I'm not saying there has been African American men that have gotten big Power Five opportunities. Obviously, um, you know Willie Taggart was at Florida State. Uh, what's my man that was at Notre Dame? That was a big deal. Was it Willingham? Oh, yeah, Willingham. Yeah, Willingham was there. Is that Ty? Was that him? Ty, is that who it yeah, is? I think that's who it. Ty Willingham. See, that's a problem. Like, I can only give you, like, two or three. <laughs> um, right. You had the guy, uh, is it Kroom, that was at Mississippi State for a while. Um, oh, Kroom, yep. 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 Like, so those are, like, the – I mean, I've been watching college football my entire life, and I can give you, like, three or, three or four that have had, like, real, real – and I want to say it like this, real Power 5 jobs. Mm. Not like Troy, not Coastal Carolina, not UNLV. I'm talking about real Power 5 gigs. Um, you know, Mel Tucker's one now at Michigan State. And as much as, like, I hate the program, I'm personally not a male fan. Um, but I did. Like, I had some pride last year when he was winning. I was like, man, yeah. that's... Uh, opening doors. He, yeah, it's opening doors, man. And, and he got a real contract, 95 mil for 10 years. I'm like, man, go get your bag, man. And yeah. I think Keyshawn uh, Johnson said the best. He was like, you know, he remembers when he went to the league and he looked over at um, Dennis Green's staff. Mm. Like they played against the Vikings. And he was just like, he said, man, for him, he goes, I was standing on the sidelines and I went, man, I want to play in Minnesota mm. um, because the head coach looks like me. And all the coaching staff, like, looks Tony like Tony Dungy, I think, yeah. at that time, was a defensive coordinator. And he said the same thing when he was um, in Tampa. Like, man, Tony, mm. man, Tony's staff was diverse. Like, these guys look like me. Um, and I think people don't understand, like, yes, I'm glad for what Prime did at JSU because everyone there does look like us. But Power 5 is where it's at, man. And it's, that's where the money's at. That's where the politics are at. That's where the big budgets, the TV deals, like that controls college sports. College football controls college sports. Mm -hmm. And it, I think people forget, like, yes, a lot of those teams are built off African-Americans. And it does help. I'm going to tell you just for me, as a college athlete, man, you know one of the biggest reasons, like, I kind of went to ORU? It's because my coach, my, like, distance coach, was he looked like me. Mm -hmm. Like, he understood um, I didn't feel bad about like going to talk to him about some of the stuff I was navigating living in Tulsa. Um, it, it, it brought a sense of comfort and it brought my parents a sense of comfort. Like I'm leaving my son with somebody that understands the ebbs and flows of what he's going to go through. That makes me feel, and you don't get me wrong. Like, I have great mentors in my life. Most of my mentors honestly just didn't look like me as an adult. Um, mm. you know, but the ones I had that looked like me, have played a pivotal role and you know, it, to me, it's bigger than sports. We're asking these coaches to be mentors of men. Um, and I think Prime's going to do a great job. And I, like you said, I, 
even when he the way he's leaving Jackson has been amazing. He he set up for his guy. Like he set his guy to take over. Like, hey, yeah. I want I think it's T. Like, hey, I want T to take TC, over. I want Coach yeah. T. Yeah, I want T C to take over. Um and then he even told like to me, if you never play college sports, you don't understand how big this was that he said this. I want some of y'all, if you thinking about jumping in that portal, come talk to me first. Because I'm gonna give it to you straight. If some if you're the type of talent somebody's gonna come pick you up, or it might be better for you to just stay at Jackson State, mm-hmm. get the degree, help keeeping the culture how we keep the culture, and let's keep winning and taking this thing to the like I don't think he abandoned them. I think for the, to the best he could, he's setting them up for success. Not just the university, but the coaching staff and some of those kids. Because you got to believe some of those kids wanted to follow him, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's have a conversation before you jump in this portal. I think mm-hmm. you might need to stay. I hooked you up here. Get the degree. Help TC keep building this if TC gets the job. Let's keep – I mean, he said it in the thing that he released. Let's keep building the thing that we built here. We do things a certain way at, at JSU, and we're going to keep doing it. Not because I'm gone, but it's because of who we are because you're a part of this family now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's done a phenomenal job. So – I know that's like the first 20 minutes was all about Coach Prime, but I think that was just a big it's deal. It's the hottest man. story right now because it's like it's it's become more than football at this yeah. point. If you look across the media, um, I mean, it, it just has been. And and I think that, you know, the other element to this too, you know, call, some, call me a sellout, but like if I've got that type of offer on the table, mm-hmm. I mean – my goodness, like that's, well, he already got money. He already has money. Yeah, I know, but it's, sometimes it's not about that. Like now, two coaches that have been with him since youth football days mm-hmm. now are going to be in position to create generational wealth. For their family, man. For their family. power five contracts as coaches. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. I mean, that, that's, and that's what I'm, That's you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I thought was so cool too was watching them tour the facility. Yep. And he had his two guys with yep. him that, that were that with awesome. him from, from Truth Football yep. to Prime <laughs> Prep to TCA to Jackson State, right? And and they're going through like where they've got the the hot pool, the cold mm-hmm. pool, the and they're just kind of looking at each other. And the guy says, No, 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 hold it. Dion said, Hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta understand, man. We're not we used to right, this. Right. And the <laughs> one guy says, I remember we had two racks for 60 kids. Like there's a whole other There's a element there, to this story that really what I call is it's a biblical principle in action in a um, secular yeah. like world. Absolutely. Thing. I mean, you talk about you want to be first among men, make yourself last. Yep. Right. You you want to be you want to be at the top of the food chain serve. I mean, yep. you just said it a second ago talking about yourself in your path in ministry, it started as a janitor. Mine started as a toilet cleaner. Like, I mean, like we, we all, you know, and I think about, you know, these guys, not just Dion, but you know, these guys that have been with them for so long. I mean, it started youth football, dude. Yeah. I mean, go from youth football to high school football to FCS football to now all of a sudden, boom, power power five. five. I mean, that's that's wild. And that's it's inspiring, I, man. Yeah. Pe- people don't understand yes. like what that feel. And I can only say from like a small level. Like I remember like I, I went to school called Cranbrook where at the time was the number three prep school in the country. And now mm-hmm. as an adult, I understand it. Like I remember walking in the lunchroom and the pride like that our lunch people who were all black felt when I mm. walked in like one of us is at this school. 
Like, that never happens. I remember, like, the people who've watched me growing up the first time, like, I preached a message and it was on YouTube and they saw thousands of It was like, oh, little Brandon Holmes from Detroit, Michigan. Like, mm-hmm. look at him as on a global platform. Mm. And I don't think people understand. Like, sure, you can have your backlash, but as a young, I'm, you know, I'm a young African-American male and I look at Prime and that's, it gets me emotional talking about it. It inspires me because I'm like, one of us, and I know where he came from because we lived in Texas. So I remember prime football. I remember prime prep. I, I like yeah. I remember all the yeah. stuff, and I'm like, man, and like a little bit over a decade or twelve years, this dude, he tilled the ground. It's the it's the parable of the talents, not to be preachy, but he he gave a return on what was given to him, and I feel like in return, not only did he get it back, but he got the one that people wasted, mm. and I'm like. That's an inspiration for me watching somebody that looks like me. I'm sure people say, well, he was, you know, he used the, he, he took advantage of the things he came with. Yes, he was a phenomenal football player. He used it as leverage. Um, but I'm watching this guy get it out the mud, as I like to say, mm-hmm. and now is leading a power five institution. Like that is inspiring when he walks in the room and it's like, yo, you did it. And maybe if this thing doesn't work out, fine, but you did it. Like you, and I think it's going to work out personally, just as a person, like he's had success at everything he's touched, but that's inspiring, man. When you get to see somebody that looks like you grind, hustle, didn't take it for granted. I'm sure had some frustrations like, yo, I'm coach prime. Why am I dealing with this? I'm Dion baby. Like I shouldn't have some of this. Well, look at it from the perspective of the guy. I think his name's Andre Hart. Um, He's going to be the linebackers coach. Mm -hmm. So, which that, that might, be anywhere from, I mean, that, that, I mean, he could, that could put his, him at like a half a million a year. Possibly. Easy. Close to, um, or, or close to, you know, it sounds like they're, they're bringing, they're dumping the, the, the as you say, they're backing up the Brinks truck, yep. not just for him, but for his staff, for his staff. I mean, this is a guy who he doesn't have NFL hall of famer money. This is a guy who didn't have all the endorsement deals and everything, but he was like Dion's right hand man with truth. Mm-hmm with prime prep. So you got to think he's probably just was making a, you know, An honest living your, your everyday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the quote unquote common man salary, but, and I'm sure he could have had opportunities to go do his own thing, but it's like, he kind of just stayed the course in building. He, he found his place where he was supposed to be. He's like, okay, prime is prime. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of be this dude that like grinds it out, grinds it out. And now here we are 15 or so years later and like I, I was excited like about that whatever reward yep. that guy's about yep. to get. Absolutely, you know what I mean? Because his life's about to change financially. Now, for all I know, maybe he did have. I don't know the guy, right? Right. I just remember him, the Dion and Pilar reality show. Seeing him on mm-hmm. that, the Dion's family playbook reality show. Mm-hmm. He was his right hand man with with the true stuff and with prime prep and all that. And then you see him in the Jackson State. Uh, 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 documentaries he's the linebackers coach and then seeing him tour those facilities and so that that's just i don't know man it it really is a a a crazy story and the last thing i want to say on that is the other thing i think people forget is all those kids that they were coaching from dallas and memphis and all the different areas (laughs) guess what they're all four and five star a lot of them are four and five star recruits now that are junior seniors and freshmen in college and so it's like those relationships are there. It's, it's not yep. just that Dion 
was this Hall of Fame player, even though that is a big part of it because you know he's been there, done that, and he was basically every child's parent's favorite athlete growing Mm -hmm. up. But the the richness of the relationships that are already there because of something he did as a service to the community, right? Truth Mm -hmm. football wasn't a moneymaker. And I was thinking about this yesterday. Do you remember that time over a decade ago? I swore you were with me. We were walking into an IHOP right up there in Frisco, Texas at like Main Street in the tollway. And Dion, Pilar, and what was obviously his kids came walking out, decked out in their truth stuff. Mm. Um, And it was kind of like we all did like a double take. I was like, oh, uh, what? And like mm-hmm. we walked. And then, and then when we walked in, I was like, I swear that was Deion Sanders. And someone said, oh, it was. He was in <laughs> yes. here signing autographs. Because the next that. day. I had to think about the main IHOP. I was trying to yeah, put two and two together. Yeah, Got you. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, what was funny is, and this was before Twitter is what it is now. But mm-hmm. I remember I got on Twitter the next day and I was like, man, wishing I would have uh, <laughs> said something to Deion, you know, at Deion Sanders last night at IHOP. But. Whatever. And then he responded, he responded to me. Yep. And he was like, yo, man, I don't show hate. I send love. Next time, say what's up. And I just thought that was, yeah, I remember that was the that. coolest thing. You know, like everybody probably has their own story of what their encounter with Deion Sanders was like. But like my one, that was it. Mm-hmm. It was a pass by yeah. at IHOP plus a, a Twitter interaction. So anyways. Yeah. I think my we main probably... one is Shador didn't tip me when I delivered a pizza to his house. <laughs> <laughs> I have another buddy who... <laughs> Uh, was it the house in Prosper? Yep, because I worked at the Pizza Hut right across the street, and they ordered the so, delivery. And I was like pumped, like, "Yo, I'm about to deliver to Dion. Maybe Prime go open the door." And Shador opens the door. It's like, "Thank you." <laughs> like I was like, "Dang, no tip, bro." <laughs> I have a buddy that was. I can't. I feel like I've told this story now. Some for some reason he was at Dion's house on some sort of tour or or whatever. I don't know what it was, and he was with like a group of other students and he saw Dion looking at him like he thought he was motioning him to come here and so he kind of got like this big like me yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and uh he kind of like stood up and he was like yeah yeah huh and he said take your shoes off And he was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. He's like, I'm sitting here thinking he's about to, like, give me a personal tour. Like, he saw me and uh, – or or he was thinking – yeah. He's – the guy I'm talking about is black, and he every he was like uh, everyone else in the group was white. white. And so he thought maybe he was, like, what singling us, me out and about, yeah. about to give me, like, you know, some, some special attention. And so he got up there in front was like, yeah. He said, take your shoes off, man. And then he kept – just, he said, and then he went right back to whatever he was doing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is too funny, bro. That is Anyways. funny. Anyways, well. Let's get let's let's look, go through some more of this carousel. Uh, some other hot news is like Odom, Barry Odom, the Arkansas defensive coordinator, former Missouri head coach. He was just named head coach at UNLV. Yep. That was kind of an odd move. Uh, he was in the running at Tulsa, which made sense to me. Uh, he's an Oklahoma guy. He's been coaching at Arkansas. I mean, it seemed like that was a, right next a, to each other. A, a match made in heaven, but it didn't work out. He took UNLV. So now that Arkansas <clears throat> DC job is open, we don't have to necessarily go into a, a a conversation on it. But if you ask me what my dream wish list hot board would be, I'm I'm going Jim Leonard, 
He is yeah. leaving Wisconsin, by the way. Yep. Um, Ryan Walters, night. the Illinois DC. Ooh. And then, uh, dude, I don't even know this guy's name, but the the, the Tulane DC. I mean, yeah. yeah, that dude. They've got one of the top defenses in the country, and apparently, he is a phenomenal recruiter, specifically in Louisiana, and that mm. is like a a dream desire. Uh, at, at Arkansas. You can get a guy who can coach some defense and develop some talent and recruit Louisiana. I mean, that's like the dream. So those are my, my hot board there. Um, uh, Kevin Wilson, Ohio state's offensive yes. coordinator. He ended up getting the, uh, he ended up getting the, the uh, Tulsa job. And then Scott Satterfield from Louisville got the Cincinnati job. So that was now a shocking hire. Yeah, and now that's bringing up the question, will Jeff Brom go back home to Louisville? And then... Um, Which I want to kind of touch on, because people are just saying, is Louisville really that much better of a program? When it comes to money, yes. When it comes mm-hmm. to NIL, absolutely. Um, if I'm Louisville, I'm backing up the Brinks truck on Brom. You can have whatever you want, whenever you want. Come, I mean, he's practically royalty at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Somebody was tweeting this last night. I can't remember who. Was it Clay? I can't remember who. But he was saying that could put a spin on it because could you imagine Brom transitioning over to Louisville and then Purdue giving a call to Jim Leonard? Um, So I think think this peg of if Louisville can swipe Brom can kind of start some other things kind of circling, some other movement. Um, Because Louisville, let's just be honest, it's not a bad gig i mean we're a few years removed from the lamar jackson era which was just phenomenal but it's not a bad gig like you're in a decent place of recruiting um i mean the conference is a man but you know you have nil dollars like you have money at louisville people that think you don't they're they just don't understand college sports um decent place as far as like the midwest and the recruiting ground because you got ohio there you got illinois you got michigan um, that kind of that area is Wisconsin. It's kind of you can kind of reach out to some of those guys. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good gig depending who takes it. But it's not like it's a bone dry program, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I agree. I mean they had uh, the Petrino era two times. Like the first Petrino era, I mean they're going to the Orange Bowl, winning the Orange Bowl, right? And then mm-hmm. they bring him back. He kind of helped the transition into the Power Five ACC conference. And, uh, yeah, had the generational talent with Lamar. But I also think with Louisville, it's a place where you don't have to recruit four and five stars to win. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm also Charlie Strong, won the Sugar Bowl there. Like, yep. really, if you can just – and he got a lot of South Florida there, yep. like Bridgewater and, and, and some of I those guys. Teddy, yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess I say this. I'm getting ready to say a whole thing that almost is becoming irrelevant because of the portal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like if you miss all the four and five stars coming out, it's okay because you can just get them the Swing next year. Back around the next two years. I mean, all those kids at A and M. I mean, a lot of them are are leaving. You know what I mean? Like sixteen were in the portal as of this morning. I mean, it's 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 insane. And so so it's like that's an, another conversation as well. Is I mean, is recruiting even recruiting? Because if you bring in that top tier talent and they don't get to play their first year, they're going to leave. 
Yep. So like, are you better off finding those gym two and three stars that can develop into five-star talent by the time they're, you know, because they'll come in, they're not expecting to play yep. and they'll, 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 they'll sort of submit to the process, stay the course, develop in the program. And then, you know, who knows? Um, I think that's how you build a, a good program. I th- if I'm being honest, I think that's, and this is, that's the hardball way. He's going to get yeah. the guys that just really want to play football that you know you're going to they're going to commit to your program three to four years. They're going to put in work. They're going to grind. They're going to hustle. And then you sprinkle in the mix of a couple five, high four, five. Like, J.J.'s a high five-star. Donovan Edwards, high five-star. Mm. Blake Corum, high four-star. Dax Hill, high five-star. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, high four-star. But if you look at everybody else that kind of surrounded them like Hassan Haskins was a nobody that they fly, mm. found out of St. Louis that they tried at linebacker and then God. out of desperation moved him back to running back and he was a third round draft pick, but he was in the system for four years. David Ajabo was a flyer take that you took out of a prep school and he became would have been a first round draft pick if he didn't tear his Achilles in the pro day mm. after four years at, in the program. Um you know, you look at I, I think, you know, I think you that is the way to go um, in this transportal area. Obviously, you want to get as much talent as you can. Urban Meyer actually has like a stance on that, though. If you ever noticed, he said that's why all his high like profile guys, he would always put on special teams. He's mm-hmm. like that way. They know they're touching a field. You know, I'll give them I'll mix them in on the player two here and there, like show them that it's coming. But. Um, I've even noticed like Harbaugh does that with a lot of his like top recruits mm. now. Like they, a lot of them play. Like we got the number thirteen wide receiver in the country last year, Darius Clemens, who's going to be a freak. Mm. But he plays special teams this year, um, yeah. so it was enough to keep him engaged. Um, obviously, Harbaugh takes special teams serious. Like he's one of the few coaches outside of Saban right. I think that plays starters on special yeah, teams because right. he's like, this is how you can get a league spot. Like because he's been there, he can say. Coaches yeah. value special teams in the league. If you could play special teams, this could be the difference between you getting a roster spot and you not. And not. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree, man. Like with the transfer portal just changes everything about this this game. Like that's why I think Dion's gonna have a lot of success. I mean, we saw the Bama running back that was like, Oh, mm-hmm. can I come? Like that tweeted mm-hmm. him. Um <laughs> and I think, you know, it it's gonna but I think the thing is it, it it's gonna have to be a little bit of both, Trey. Like, because if you take the Mel Tucker route, who tries to rebuild his entire roster off the transfer portal, he hit a diamond in a rough in Kenneth Walker that nobody saw coming. But then you saw what he tried to do this year with the lack of recruiting and just, I'm going to try to build it off the transfer portal. It doesn't work. Like, I feel like you have to. I think the key to success in the transfer portal era is, like you said, you go get guys that are football, as Harbaugh says, football Mm -hmm. players. They want to play football. They're going to commit to the process. And then you go pick the transfer portal for guys that need can make an immediate. So I can only use Michigan because it's the team I really. But if you look at our starting center, he was a Remington Award finalist at Virginia last year. And Harbaugh just told him the pitch of, hey, like, I can develop you. We won the Joe Moore Award last year, best offensive line. I can develop right. you into what you need to be a top. And the dude's going to be a day two pick this year. Mm. And not, we did the same. We perched this kid from Arizona State Nile, from what I hear and I text my guy if it's true, we put out a bag for this kid to come. So I think Trish Report on NIL is going to play a big role, but I would behoove coaches to try to build their entire 
roster. I think the way to do it is, like you said, you get those diamond interrupts, those guys that are just hustlers that want to grind and want to get it, and then you sprinkle in the little – because I also believe this. If you're in a transfer portal, unless it was just a terrible situation, there's a reason why you weren't playing where you played. Right. Like there's a – now, if you're a graduate transfer, I understand. Like the guy we just got from Arizona State – graduate transfer um the other guy we just offered was like a freshman all-american so i understand like that's proven like so that's all that's all i'm saying i'm kind of getting redundant on that but no that's good well i'm just gonna keep cycling through we have trent dilfer to uab actually and then this is one we we discussed this because we thought fritz was headed to georgia tech that deal did not go through and uh so it was actually ends up going to brent key who is the uh um I think he was the like he was already on the staff. Yep. At Georgia Tech. Yep. And so so you had him, you had uh let me see, where's Trent Dilfer, former NFL Super Bowl champion, quarterback. Tom Herman, that was the other one to to yes. FAU. Um that was, and that's then, a good pick. I think Tennessee's OC went to South Florida. That's who they ended up getting. So so now that's a that's a prime coordinator spot that that's uh, available up. Uh, up there at Tennessee, but uh, here's an interesting one I want to kind of talk about, and part of it's because I think at least a, a, a big part of our listener base uh, this is close to home to them as well. But so North Texas that job is open. Yeah, I saw that, and. I don't see how that job isn't competing for a conference championship year in and year out based on its location. Seriously. The city that it's in, and those of you that aren't in Texas, okay, it's in Denton, Texas. Mm -hmm. Denton, Texas has four high schools, three of them, have become powerhouses powerhouse. Well, not even just that, but like hotbeds for talent. Yep. Okay. You have Denton Ryan, you have Denton, uh, Geyer, and then now Denton Braswell. Okay. And so what you have though, just at those three high schools that are literally not, not even just in your backyard, right? Mm -hmm. Like literally like in your house, like they are in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. You could go build a roster just from the the low hanging fruit. Like, look, no, you're not going to go get the guy necessarily that, that's going to Clemson. But watch this, you might because right. <laughs> Eli Stowers, who was I think a five star quarterback coming out of Denton Geyer, went to A and M. Guess what? He's in the portal. Yep. Like, like so. What I'm saying is, is not only can you get the lower hanging fruit coming out of high school, but then the the, the big fish that go elsewhere. Get them to come home. Keep your eye on them. I mean, I'm thinking like even Denton High, at one point in time, Denton High had NFL talent. I mean, this may be – I mean, I know for sure when I was in high school because when we played against him in high school, bro, uh, Anthony Aldridge, who ended up playing for the Broncos, uh, rushed for 313 yards against us. <laughs> and they had a lineman, Herman Moore, who went to LSU. Yep. One of the largest humans I've ever seen at the high school level – uh, and I believe he played in the league, but I mean, like, like, God, that's crazy. I'm now I'm about to rabbit trail, but 
I got to say this. You remember like in high school football, how there were always those certain guys that like the coaches just like hyped up and overly hyped up and they yep. were captains and they, they did everything right. And then yep, when you yep. had your combine day or your testing day, whatever you called it, you know, all their measurables and all their, 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 their forties and agilities and their lifts and everything. And so it's like, they were looked to as like this model guy. And then as a result of that, they kind of walked around the locker room and kind of mm-hmm. carried themselves. Like they were just this untouchable yep. talent. So we, this was my junior year. We had a senior that was like that. Good dude. That's, I'm not going to say his name or anything. Like, is like, I, I mean, right. We were, we were cool, but like, you know, he, he was kind of that guy. He was that, that guy. You, but you also kind of wondered, like, you never wanted to say it, but you always kind of wondered, like, is he really all that? Like, right. I know relative to what we have in this room, like, he looks really good on paper, but like, is he really? Right. Bro, when we played Denton and. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Aldridge, oh, it was it was bad. I mean, it wasn't like he just broke his ankles. Like, he put this move on him. And, I, look, I'm not saying I could have done any better. Right, right. Uh, he put this move on him. Like, he spun him all the way. Like, he did a full 360 and then face planted. Oh and then Aldridge ran for a touchdown. Like, I was sitting there like, and you almost are, like, embarrassed, like, like for everybody. Because you're like, this is supposed to be our best player. This is supposed to be that dude. <laughs> And, like, that just happened to him. And, uh, anyways, and here's a fun fact, since we're talking about the carousel. That Tulsa job opened because uh, Philip Montgomery, who had been there for the last, I think, seven years, just got fired. Uh-huh. He was actually the offensive coordinator at Denton High that season. Really? So, yeah, yeah come a long there's way. Some, there's some exclusive content for everybody. So. Well, which Tulsa, well, the, the piggyback off the North Texas job, it's not just that they have Denton right there, bro. They're 30 minutes away from Frisco. Frisco, you that's, go that was my Ma- next, yeah. You got to go through Melissa. Like, you have to go through about five cities. Like, with our, with, there's like five cities within an hour that are a hotbed of talent. So, you got Denton, you got Frisco, McKinney's right there, Allen isn't too far off. Like, which, if you don't know Texas high school football, like what we're saying is those are four major players with a ton of talent, talent. coming out of that high school, coming out when, of that area. When we say talent, we're not talking like five-star go-to-Bama talent, but what we're talking is talent that could come in and win the Conference USA. For sure. Like you could literally build a roster without having to drive more than 30 minutes easily that, that could win your conference every single year. And that's what I don't understand. So here's my question to you on it. Do they find a high school coach and just give them that ultimate promotion and take that risk or who do they hire? Because, because as I say that they tried that once, right? Yeah. They hired so they Ty tried Dodge. That with Ty Dodge. But think about this for a second. South Lake, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, is that like they have a, that's a, a, a different culture than where yeah, it's saying. a, it's not the right fit. Like, but, but is that a place too? That's like a factory of like, it's a factory of producing really good high school players. Mm-hmm. Like those kids, like they don't care, but a lot of them don't care about playing college football because they don't need a football scholarship. They don't. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, you might have like a chase Daniel who goes and, you know, does something you have like a Trey Newton, yep. but like outside of those guys, I mean, I can't really recall. Oh, the, the dude, uh, that was at, uh, like little Jordan Humphrey went to Texas. I mean, every yeah, now and then yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll have someone, but for the most part, it's a guy like, every now and then. Because in yeah, high I school, mean, they had Chase Daniel, and then Clint Renfro was their big dog yeah, that came yeah. out. But did he go play somewhere? He played at TCU, but he was did a better he? hurdler. Okay. I have an interesting story uh, with Clint Renfro. 
okay. my first year ever living in Texas. Um, I went. I got invited to go to Texas Relays. Mm-hmm. And bro, you got to think. I moved from Michigan. White guys are not fast. Like it's yeah. very rare. It's very rare. Texas is a whole different breed of white guys. This isn't me being <laughs> racist. It's just true. Like you live there. You anybody that lives and played Texas high school football or have played sports in high school, the white guys there are unreal, man. Like they're extremely athletic. It's very confusing. Uh, as somebody that moved from the north, and um. I had always kept hearing about Chase Daniels, South Lake Carroll. That's when they began, like, their big run, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody kept talking about this guy, Clint Renfro. And I'm like, ain't no white boy out here running hurdles like that. And I'm at Texas Relay, bro. Clint had the ball head and everything. Cold. I mean, Clint was cold. And um, we were warming up. I'll never forget this because uh, my boy Ricky Simpson was like, yo, that's Clint Renfro. Now, to give you guys pr- – just just some some things here. Texas high school football, like good football players are treated like celebrities. Like mm-hmm. other kids are like, oh, my God, that's such and such. Like it's just a different mm-hmm. – it's a different place to grow up. So well, re- and in that time, though, too, it was pre-social media. But, like, there was a lot of, like – like Dallas Morning News was the big thing. Yes. Like if you could get in the Dallas Morning News, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what kind of helped create this celebrity sort of aura around the high school athlete. Exactly. And so Clint Renfro was that dude playing with Chase. And so um, Ricky said, I never, he's like, yo, that's a bad white, like, man, that's Clint Renfro. And I'm like, man, like people really just riding this Clint Renfro dude. So we're warming up. And uh, I kind of got in his way in the warm up area. And he was like, yo, um, you running hurdles? And I was like, nah, man, I'm an 800 guy. I don't. I don't do hurdles. Mm-hmm. He he chuckles. He goes, hmm, good, because you would have got smoked too. And I was <laughs> like, yo, who is this dude talking to me? And they're like, no, nah, bro, that's Clint Renfro. <laughs> so, like, I go to the race. And that boy put it. I was like, hey, I shook his hand afterwards. I was like, hey, man, I had no clue who you were. My bad, bro. Like, you nice. Like, you nice, man. And he had that thing like, I know. Yeah, like, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, That's also a little bit of a South Lake thing. Yeah, like, it is a South Lake I mean, thing. Just, just saying it, it is. Um, it is. Um, anyway, that's a rabbit trail. But, yes, bro, like, you, I don't know. If you go get a high school football coach, and you, I think if you're UNT, you got to go somewhere. Like, you got to go grab a guy, like, from Allen. Um, that, and, or, or, or who's the uh, – is it Claude Mathis? What do you think about him? Where's he he's, from? He's, he's at uh, DeSoto – but he, oh, I think he's still there. But yes. he, he left DeSoto initially to go be a running backs coach at Houston. And that then, would be a good pickup. Or 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 I'm even looking at uh, Lone Star's head coach, uh, Rayburn. Now, look, yes. I don't know if these guys have any desire to do that. To but, go to that next level. But, but, you know, or bringing one of those guys on your staff, whoever they hire. Because who do you go after if you're North Texas? I you, North Texas, I think you can't go after a big name. Like, back to, you have to understand the Texas landscape. I, I yeah. believe to have a job at North Texas. The more we're talking about, the more I'm like, do you not go get, like, somebody like a, I mean, I'm dating myself a little bit, like a Coach McBride that, mm. like, understands Texas high school football, that understands that region, because Texas high school football re- is different region to region, mm-hmm. um, that understands that North Texas type of kid because from Denton to Frisco that's a different type of kid across mm-hmm. the board but you have to be able to go in all those different spaces like to me yeah if you can find somebody like a coach McBride um, I originally would have thought somebody now I mean he's at Tech but like a coach McGuire yes. would yes. have been great at UNT yep. 
Um, because to me, like UNT has the nice facilities. It has the nice. St- I remember when they built that stadium. It's a practically brand new stadium. It's really. Is it still off the highway? Off was the six thirty five. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Didn't, yeah, you know, Denton's not a bad college town. Like, it's actually a fun college town if mm-hmm. you've, like, spent some time there. And it's still not far from Dallas. Like, if you want to – to me, that's like a prime group of five job if you get the right dude in yeah. there. And like you said, they can recruit literally just within an hour radius, and they could fill up that team with – like, because if you think about it, man, like like you said, you might not get the five-star guy that comes out of Denton guy or Denton Ryan. But there's some dudes on that team that can go um, that, you know, that could play at the group of five level. You, It's a lot of talent there, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like you said, like the coach from DeSoto. I think he'd be a good fit because he has some dogs at DeSoto that, you know, they're tweener guys. So they might they could go mm-hmm. power five, but they'll be mm-hmm. bottom of roster guys. But if they know coach, it's like, man, you can come to UNT and mm-hmm. you can you can play close to home. You can play close to mom and dad mm-hmm. and your grandma and man, you got a better chance of putting up numbers and going to the league or giving you a shot right here. Um, and dude, go ahead. No, with NIL too, like it's easier. Like, bro, I would do a deal with Williams Chicken and be like, hey, mm. everybody knows Williams Chicken, man. We're gonna do an NIL deal with Williams Chicken. You know, you from you from Desoto, you from Duncanville, you from the Cliff, like. Because that's the thing that I think they also miss, Trey. Like, North Texas can recruit anywhere. You can go to the Cliff. You can go to DeSoto. You can go to yeah. Duncanville. You can go to Keller. Like, you can go Denton, Frisco, McKinney, Melissa. Like, it's just. You never have to get on a plane. You never have to get on a plane to build your. Like, you can build 90% of your roster within an hour of your facility. Yeah. And then, like you said, go to Transfer Portal and grab some guys that you want. Here's here's uh, I'm about to prove this point we're making because this is already happening in another region of the state. And that's look at what Jeff Trailer is doing at UTSA. Yes. So who is the Jeff Trailer of North Texas high school football? Not not North Texas. I'm saying like the region of North Texas. Right. 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 Like McBride. He's retired now. I don't know that that's even something that is on his radar but yeah had had tech not already scooped up mcguire i'm thinking someone like jeff trailer who became a legend in east texas coaching high school football every single coach out there respects him coaches across the state respect him but like in east texas he's a legend yep and then you 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 factor in that he he was an assistant at, at texas he was an assistant at arkansas never was a coordinator never was a play caller but he was always that you know Hired as to be that Texas recruiter. Yeah, the Texas guy, the glue guy. And, I mean, he's the one that got Rakeem Boyd to Arkansas. And um, and then he gets the head coaching job at UTSA, builds the staff, and now they're, like, they're doing exactly what I believe North Texas could do in the Conference USA. And so um, I don't know who that is. I'm trying to think, you know, um, um, I just don't know. And I don't know if you you if there's a, a high school coach that's recently gotten a, 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 a job as like a college assistant just to learn the recruiting game and mm-hmm. all of that. I mean, that may have been, you know, partially what swallowed Todd Dodge up. Was he just I don't know what happened there. I just know he did not win at all at all. And I mean, his son came. Riley came. They brought that five star running back that committed to Texas that came with him. I mean, they just I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't um know. And and maybe they go get Riley Dodge. Uh, 
I just hmm. that maybe they do call Riley Dodge because I believe well he's coaching high school football right now. Isn't oh, he's he? the head coach at South Lake. Yeah, and it's a guy who played the college system. He understands. Um, and if you build the right staff around you, maybe you go get Riley Dodge. Yeah, but I mean he he. I feel like it's got to if you're gonna do that, it's got to be someone who's seasoned. Like I mean, it's I feel yeah. like it's got to be someone like Jeff Trailer. Man, he got skins on the yeah, wall. Yeah, he put some time in the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so I'm trying to think of who that is. I'm so far here. removed from the high school football. I know, scene in Texas. I know, it's hard. I, I keep thinking of a, a Claude Mathis just because I know he's got college coaching experience. Who knows? Whatever. We don't have to keep talking about North Texas. Um, look at us. We're already an hour in. Um. And we're just, we're we're just on carousel. So real quick, if you're still hanging with us, first off, we appreciate you. But next week, uh, we will be doing our bowl mania preview. Yep. Obviously, we don't have any games. Well, we got Army Navy, but um, and, and the high Army. But other than that, we we don't we don't have any. We don't have like a weekend slate of football games. Obviously, uh, basketball season is nearing closer and closer to conference play. I think. Some conferences may have already tipped off conference play. Mm. Um, so that's all about to get up and rolling. Very fun time of the year once bowl season hits. Um, college basketball conference play begins, and it's all kind of sandwiched in there uh, during the holiday season of, of between Christmas and New Year. But I'm looking – I mean – I don't. I mean, because if we talk CFP right now, I mean that's kind of going to be a part of next week's conversation. The yep. closer we get, and we kind of are saving the bull mania preview as well because the opt outs and the transfer portals and all those are starting yep. to starting to you roll know. In. I guess the biggest thing is the Heisman. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm. I guess because of how things played out on Saturday, old Caleb Williams is still the favorite. Yeah, I would prefer. No, I have no vested interest in this. One, about the Heisman. I'm a little bummed that Blake got hurt because he didn't get the invite. I believe he at least would have got the invite if he stays healthy. Yeah, so, this would have been a year. Yeah, yeah, this would have been because uh, he was already on. He, by the time he got hurt at Illinois, he had already put up 100 yards. So he could have probably ran for two plus on them. We mm. saw what Donovan did against Ohio State. So that would have probably been another Two plus four. That would have been a Heisman moment for yeah, him, too. Yeah, Jim would have made sure he would have had, like, four touchdowns. He would have had a Hassan Haskins day plus, like, another 100 yards. So, he would probably have, like, 230 for about three touchdowns. And then the conference championship, he would have. So, I'm saying Blake Corum missed out on another, like, five to 600 yards that would have got him invited. Anyway. Because here's what would have happened. Here's what I think. I think after the Ohio State weekend – and and USC Notre Dame weekend, I think Caleb is still the favorite, right? Mm-hmm. But then after championship weekend, Caleb and them lose. Michigan wins in a in, in dominant fashion, and Quorum goes off. I think then he he becomes that is the favorite. What tips yeah. him over because <clears throat> I mean honestly, old boy at TCU. I mean, had he finished that job? He, he could have won. He could have turned that into his Heisman, his Heisman winning moment. Um, that would have been it for him if they would have won that game. I believe he would because he's like a plus two thousand right now to win. Um, for those who gamble that listen to our um our podcast, he's a plus two thousand. It's if you just want to go look. Um, yeah, I think Caleb Williams is going to win it. I mean, I I could care less. I think the dude from TCU deserves some consideration, some heavy consideration based upon if you've watched. 
This is what I don't have faith in, Trey. I don't believe the Heisman Trust really watches everybody. No, they like, look at numbers. I, yeah, like I don't believe they like because I've watched Duggan and the dude. He puts the team on his back every game. So does Caleb. Caleb Williams is just insane. I feel bad that he lost that game against Utah, uh, which he was hurt. It came out he was injured majority of that game. Um, yeah, Caleb Williams wins it, man. It's. I just don't feel like this was the year where it was just like heavily debatable. It was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, like CJ like Stroud. CJ Stroud could have. That's exactly right. No one like took it. No one right. Took it. Like like Bryce Young last year, he, he took, took it. it with the ninety yard drive against <laughs> Auburn to win the Iron Bowl, and then coming out and lighting up Georgia. He took it. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. Like what happened was is Caleb had his chance to take it, missed it. So then that opened the door. Is it Duggan? Max Duggan? Duggan, yeah. Dugan. I think it's Duggan. He had the chance to take it, and then he didn't really. And so now if you just look at numbers alone, Caleb Williams' numbers are. Yeah. I mean, because even C.J. Stroud, I think they have the same amount of touchdown passes, but Caleb Williams has less interceptions and way more rushing like mm-hmm. stats. I think he's got like 10 or something, 14 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And he's a USC, he's Lincoln Riley. Like, that's also part of the bias. I mean, yep. 2004, Adrian Peterson probably should have won the Heisman Trophy. But you know what? They gave it to Matt Leinert. Yep. And I'm not saying that was – I don't know. I mean, that's I just that's hate debatable. that it's a purely quarterback award now. That's the frustrating part about the Heisman. Yeah. Like, it, it's just – I wish we just called it a quarterback award because <clears throat> quarterback – it's supposed to be the most outstanding player in college football, which – Here's I'm going to go out and say it like I, to me last year, like Will Anderson outside of Bryce Young, Will Anderson deserved to be there. Yeah, he put up sure. a monster year last year and he didn't, you know, obviously I heard it from Bama fans. He was better than Aiden, whatever. Bite me. Um, like you should. But to your point last year, like Aiden had Heisman like that Ohio State game for him was the Heisman moment he had like four sacks that game mm-hmm. beat him over the hump like it was it was his Heisman moment I don't feel like Will had Will had the numbers I don't think he had Heisman moments yeah I just don't like that it's a and I don't feel like any defensive player deserved to be there this year I don't feel like any um running back deserved to be there outside of quorum if he doesn't get hurt but I do I am going to say I hate that it's become a quarterback award because it's just like what's the point you know, right. like let's just call right. it a just call it the the Davey O'Brien Award plus two, and it's it's that award. But well, Caleb wins. It, but it's kind of gone through cycles, right? Because there was an era where it was running back. Yep. It was like it was a running back award, and then you know it's become a quarterback award. I, I still think that I'm trying to think of some of the, like the different snubs, um, or not even snubs. It's it's more the narratives. I think to that's what I was going to say. I was going to talk about some snubs, but what I was based off what you were saying is it's also become very narrative based, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what's a good story? What's yep. a good story? Cause that's what is funny. I was talking to my wife, you know, cause she's now also a little intrigued by like, so if, my he's, wife. <laughs> if, if he's going to win the, the Heisman or not. And, mm. uh, uh, she's like, well, wait, cause, cause I was so like, he's got it. I was like, if he just takes care of business Friday, he's got it. I was like, the story's there, the narrative's there. Yep. Like everything is, is moving that way. And then Friday night happened. And then I'm like, I, we had an event Saturday morning and then we got home and I caught like the second half of that TCU Kansas state. And I was like, Oh my goodness. 
This dude's going to win a Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got the the heart, the nine-hour heart surgery. He's mm-hmm. willing his team to a third. Like, I was like, all the pieces are there. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, babe, like, the thing is, is like, it's not even about football as much anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. all about, like, this feel-good narrative story mm-hmm. that, like, you can put up and talk about to fill the hour-long show. Yep. And whoever has the most impressive storyline, that's who wins the Heisman nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. And I was like, this dude's going to do it. And then when they lost, I was like, oh, okay, that's not really as good as a right. story. And then CJ didn't play. Obviously, Quorum. You know, and then they throw Stetson Bennett in there. And, like, if you <sighs> look at his numbers, dude, he's kind of like a, a – it was like a deal of, okay, Georgia's been the most dominant team in college football for two years in a row. He's been the, he's been the quarterback. You know, let's just throw him in there. Dude, right. if he wins the Heisman – that boy's going to have the largest used car sale lot in Georgia and will be a millionaire forever. <laughs> Jeremy, I can't even take credit for that. Jeremy Prince said that. He's like, that boy is going to have the best used car sale lot in Georgia, man. Oh, I, man. I bought this from Stetson Bennett. Sure did. Sure did. He's not even going to have to show up to the lot. He's just going to put his name on it and just yeah. collect, count his money. So, somebody... <laughs> Said to Jaren, Stetson is 25, throwing slants to five stars, bro. The dream. He goes, yeah, man, this man's car dealership is going to be unreal. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I believe that is true, though, that it's going to happen is what makes it so much funnier to me, bro. Dude, then then he'll have a seat on Congress. Oh, my. Yeah, bro. He, hey. I mean, listen. Straight up. Bro, the dude. um, Yeah, I, I mean. I, I, that's why I keep going back to I feel bad for Corm because he had the storyline, yeah. undersized, hard work. Because you hear it every time Michigan plays. This dude's all about hard work. He would drive three hours both ways each day yep. to go to school. Yep. When yep. the COVID year came, he worked his dad's landscaping business, and his dad was like, whoa, man, you don't have to work that hard. Slow down. He, you know, When he first came on campus, he had to wait for the, the coaches to get in because they can't open up the gym till 5 a.m. Like He's right. just a hardworking kid. He's the face of the pro. Like it just it it that's why I feel bad because the numbers were going to put him there, and I felt like the story was if he would have had the Donovan Edwards day against if he would took Donovan's numbers against Ohio State, it would have now been. And then he not only is he hard worker, but he dominated Ohio like he led them to. The story was there for him. That's why yeah. I feel so bad because even if he does come back next year, which. There is some rumbling around that there's going to be a big NIL pitch to get him to stick somewhere around. From what I'm hearing, this is just what I'm hearing, because um, it's predicted because he's coming off a of meniscus surgery. That's what it mm-hmm. came out as. He got to get his meniscus fixed. That he would highly be a fourth round pick at best. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some rumblings that there's going to be about a 1.5 to two million dollar pitch. Um, now, if you look at what a fourth round running back would make, it's 4.4 over, I think, three years. Then you got to think of like taxes, agent mm. fees, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you don't you might you won't get like a million guaranteed. You won't. Right. Versus you get a guaranteed one point five to two million uh, after Uncle Sam. You still if we that two, you walking away with one point four ish. Yes. Yes. Life changing. And you get to play, you get to be the face of, and I mean, this is what I'm, 
if I'm the booster, this is what I'm selling. I'll get listen, Trey. If I had two million dollars right now, just in surplus, I would have called them. Listen, let me just lay this out for you, bro. You get two million dollars to come back to school next year. You mm-hmm. get to be one of the faces of college football. You get mm-hmm. to be the face of University of Michigan football for another year where you're beloved. And you know, if you have another good, if Michigan has another good year, that's going to lead you to making more money and more NIL deals. Like mm-hmm. you could walk away about four. Four million dollars next year, bro, to stay at Michigan. Um, now, bad, uh, if you just want to go to NFL, go for it. But uh, listen, bro, you can make life changing money coming back for one more year, yep. and then you know, go, then you can say, "Hey, I went to NFL. I played the NFL." But you can come here, make four mil, and mm. I mean, hey, you're not stressing about if you're gonna get cut in the NFL because if you do your money right, that's right. So, um, anyways, but that's. I did want to say that that's what's going to be interesting about NIL now, bro, in college football. The guys who used to just leave now might have more of a reason to stay or Mm -hmm. hit the portal, go somewhere that can pay them because we know they're out there, and go, eh, you know. Like, I think about a guy like um, Tebow, or what's my man from Kansas State that played? Was it Klein? Um, Yeah, Colin Klein. Colin Klein. Colin Klein would have made a buttload of money in Manhattan. OC right now. Bro, could you imagine him during NIL? He would have made Mm. a killing at Kansas Mm. State. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also going to change his game with this recruiting process now where, um, like, I'm looking at a class, like, I can speak on Michigan. It's a smaller class, but it's because Harbaugh already knew, okay, I'm going to get a small class because I'm about to go tag in. Some of these guys I'm watching in the portal, I feel like I got a good chance and I got the dollars. Mm-hmm. to go grab them, to go get mm-hmm. them. Now, 2024's class would be a lot better, but I think that changes the game now when you can go to your star running back. Like, this is where I'm excited for the expansion. I'm excited for where college football, because it is going to bring more parity. Because mm-hmm. think about this. In a normal year, no NIL, Blake is gone. That's oh, not yeah. even a thought. We're not even yeah. entertaining coming back to school. But with right. NIL, we're like, hey, man, here's $2 million. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> like... What do you, we'll make it worth what, what essentially you can go to your star player and go what you if you're not a bona fide first round second round draft pick guy it's going name your price well, and let's and see if we can match it and something people won't realize too is like he'll probably be held out of spring he'll probably yep. be held I mean like he'll be like this treated like a precious jewel yep so it's like the wear and tear on his body to make close to what money he'd be making in the NFL where you come in as a rookie in the NFL, like you're going through the ringer. Yeah. You know, in practice every day and, and you know, yeah, I mean all of it. And so, I mean, yeah, there, there is definitely, if the money could get starts getting to that level, it's definitely something you have to consider. So yeah, man. Well, I, that's it for me. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm ready for bowl season. Bowl season starts next week. It's gonna be good. I think we're gonna hit on some of the playoff, some of the playoff breakdown. We might wait before yeah. the for the playoffs for that. Well, no, we could. Yeah, next. I think on. Uh, I think next week's episode, we'll be going into bowl season because I'm pretty yep. sure the celebration bowl with Jackson State um, is That's next week. Ain't the it? first one. Yeah, it's a Saturday, uh, the seventeenth. So, yeah, man. You know, try to get through this weekend with no college football. Uh, everyone join me and let's all be in agreement that Caleb Williams will win the Heisman and uh, I'll, I'll be so a happy wild. man next that's week. so wild that that's probably going to happen. I know. It is. Well, thank fans. You. Thank you we- for choosing to get married. <laughs> and you did. Yep. 
Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Where you did, I should say. Where I did. It was an interesting time. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. Well, guys, until next time, um, peace. College. See you next week. Hey, college football.